Hey, welcome to another episode of the Big Red Dram. I'm your humble host, Jason Langer. As always, thank you for tuning in. Happy Wednesday, February 2nd, third episode in a row. Come on! I'm on a streak. Um, uh, too bad I don't have any legal ability to play sound bites. although I'm not sure if I would get any trouble if I did or not, but I could always play um, Will Ferrell's sing We're Going Streaking from uh, back, was it old school? <laughs> um, it feels good to get, you know, kind of get back into the rhythm of things. And uh, I did get a text from, from Steve Malloy today, too, to reminding me gently to put out another podcast. And he's taking it upon himself to push me to do it, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, some heavy snow overnight. For those that don't know, um, I think we ended up with probably six inches of snow. Um, blew the driveway off this morning and then got another about an inch and a half or two inches and then kind of cleaned everything up this afternoon once it finally stopped around what was it i think two or three but uh <clears throat> but yeah fun stuff so my my high schooler didn't have to go to school my middle schooler did have to go to school which he was not happy about um he followed me with this i was snow blowing the sidewalk for him to follow me to the bus stop this morning so i thought that was fun um yeah, it was just a busy morning as far as that goes, and then just kind of work from home and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's been a been a fun day. Um, it's a side note, kind of geek out a little bit. I'm not sure how many of you that listen um, partake in video games. Still, I'm I'm of an older generation that kind of grew up with the whole, I guess, uh, evolution of video games. Um, started playing pong even though i wasn't old enough for it to be out but my grandparents had one i think when i was because i was born in 74 so atari came out of 2600 and then things kind of evolved obviously into nintendo and then genesis and then playstation came out and then of course uh, there was the um well i'm drawing a blank say uh Oh, well, Nintendo furthered up, you know, with the GameCube, et cetera, et cetera, and PlayStation, the different iterations of that, and then Xbox, which I didn't really play a lot of Xbox until my boys came along. Um, but I also played a bunch of PC games. So I originally played, gosh, Wing Commander and, and some, um, like, TIE Fighter, the Star Wars TIE Fighter series, X-Wing series. Um, but I had kind of gotten into Diablo 2, not like hardcore Diablo 2 player, but... Um, then I was introduced into Diablo 3, and I played it for a little while with my friend Olaf, and then it's been sitting on the Mac for a bit, and then they had a Season 25 that came out this past year, uh, this fall, winter, because it's been around for, pff, I don't know, 10 years probably. Um, and they have these different seasons um, that you can restart a character and get different special things with that go are unique to that season. So... Long story short, I got hooked back on Diablo 3. <laughs> so I was playing Season 25 and picked a Necromancer, which is kind of cool, and just kind of blazed through it um, since I know more than I did when I very first started playing the game. But um, it's just fun filler for, um, you know, while the wife is watching Shameless and I want to just have some quiet time. So I've been playing that a little bit and just kind of geeking out on that game again, which has been kind of fun. So... <clears throat> Getting back into some old habits, uh, still working on stuff with the club, etc. So um, it's been a little hectic, but been fun. So was thinking tonight about what I was going to try because I've been I, well, I keep saying this pretty 
consistently been bourbon heavy. Um, but I did come into some excellent single malts, um, recently, uh, picked up a bottle of, um, Kilholman, the Impex cast cask evolution series three of 2016. I had released, I I think they do it quarterly. Um, so this was release three of 2016 and it is a, uh, Pedro Jimenez finish finished. So it's just under, or it's just at five years old. So it's a little over four years old, uh, matured in a bourbon barrel. And then for six months finished in a fresh Pedro Jimenez sherry cask. Now I am a bit of a sherry cask lover. Um, I do love a sherried whiskey, single malt specifically. Um, I love Glenn Farkless, um, 25 year, 105. Um, you'll find me with quite a few different sherried versions. Um, I do have, um, I don't have a PX. I don't have the, I keep wanting to get the Lafroig PX edition that you is, a, I think a airport only exclusive at like Heathrow in, in Europe. And it's a liter bottle. And I keep meaning to pull a trigger on one from fine drams and I just can't, haven't been able to, um, but, uh, I'm trying to think, I know I have, I do have sherried whiskey. I mean, tons of Bunahaven. I have a really great sherried finish, um, Boomore, um, a Lagavulin distiller's edition that I purchased that was a PX finish. That's pretty good, um, which I haven't talked about yet, but yes. So I love me some sherries when I'm going with that. No need to hash everything that I have in sherry, but um, do love some port too. But sherry has been very good to me over the years, so I like that very much. So <clears throat> that being said, uh, you know, Kilholman was kind of the last distillery that I kind of got into uh, from from Isla. I really, if if you followed along in in my in the three seasons now of the big red dram, you've know, you know that I'm kind of heavy into Ardbeg, uh, followed by Lafroig, then Bunahaven, then Lagavulin, then Brooklotti, then Kalila. And I mean, there's really no order, but Ardbeg is by far my favorite of all of them, all of the nine so far that are there with a couple more coming soon. Um, but Kilhoman's kind of quietly crept up as far as the bottle count goes. In as far as my attention to it has come, uh, has gone, um, I really have started to pay more attention to what Kilholman uh, has been doing. It was it was really great having um, them on. Uh, we did a virtual tasting with them um, last year, and that was really a lot of fun. And I still have somehow a few savory drams left of the four bottles we tried from that. Um, but I've always had a Macure Bay. Um, I'm getting a small vatted version of Mac here base any day now from one of my club members. Um, <clears throat> got my hands on a couple of Cumreichs, which are Kilholman home specials, not Kilholman home, but they're like, they're like, uh, there are certain bars in, in the area, in the, in the States that are like, uh, kind of like the, uh, our bag. Oh, Fudge. I'm going to forget the name of it now. Uh, ambas- not ambassador. Um, oh, what is that name? Is it Ardbeg Embassy? Is it an embassy? 
I think it's an embassy. I can't remember the name of it. There's special stores that are just Ardbeg exclusive that that are sp- sprinkled throughout Europe. Um, <clears throat> what the heck was my what was my point now? Oh, um, so the Comreich is um, kind of an exclusive to their. They've got special like restaurants and bars that are exclusive um, locations where you can kind of where they have these special vattings, these special bottlings. Um, so I was able to get my hands on a pair of those too um, through some connections, which has been fortunate. Um, since some places in the area have been going out of business, they've been become available. So that was that was fortunate. So anyway, sorry to get sidetracked. So the PX cast, so the impacts cask evolution, um, it was fun actually doing that again, that, um, kill home and tasting. Cause we were able to talk to, um, one of the regional managers for, for impacts and, um, one of the local guys too. And it was just, it was fun. And I really would like to do that again in a more group setting live, so to speak. And I hope to do that soon, sooner rather than later, once all this COVID stuff gets over with. So, I don't think you can hear this. I just pulled the cap off. So they got a nice little foil cap that comes off um, the top. So it's brand new. Oh, I don't think this is going to be a squeaker. Ooh. So I've been oh, dying to try this. Um, it is one of the few cask strength versions um, that come out. Uh, it's cast number 256 2011 uh date was may 27th of 2011 and it was bottled on july 8th 2016 at 56.8 yeah baby i love it love it um i do i do i love cast strength stuff and if you know you know so um Here's one of the fun things that I've kind of noticed with, with with single malts versus bourbons. The term neck pour has never been on my mind when it comes to a single malt. Uh, I don't know why or how that happens, um, but there is definitely a advantage sometimes to leaving a um, having a boat, you know, leaving a bottle alone for a little bit and coming back to it. And it does apply to both. It's not just bourbon. I actually, that's not true. The Mortlock 18 that I have, I don't, I did not like it at first, but that might've just been because I didn't like it at first. I don't know that was anything outside of, um, outside of that, but never really had a neck pourer air quotes issue with a single malt that I can recall. (laughs) Uh, I've had revolting um, reactions to, to to certain single malts, uh, namely Lefroy. What's the bottom one? Signature, not signatures. Um, select, Lefroy select. Lefroy ten year old. You know, I I keep dissing on Lefroy ten too. Uh, just cause, I mean, it's 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 tough. Frog ten is tough. Uh, triple wood quarter cask, better, much better in my mind. Um, and the frog lore, I don't think I've had lore. Um, but select is their entry level, and I had select in it. Ooh, it turned my stomach. Anyway, so I have that reaction, but I've never had 
um, a this is a bad neck pour reaction to a single malt. And I can't, I've had, again, just to stop rambling, I'll just nip this in the bud. I've had those issues with bourbon more than I have with single malts. And I don't know if it's just my inexperience with bourbon. I don't believe in it's just a neck pour thing. I think it's just sometimes the timing is bad. And when you take a sip out of something right out of the bottle, sometimes it just doesn't work. You let it sit, you come back to it for whatever reason, it may not still work. But then by the third time it should work, (laughs) at least in my experience, I haven't had a bad whiskey yet that I didn't start to like by the third time I poured it. Um, But the exception of the on again, off again relationship with the um, Willet, Pot still reserve, um, which everyone keeps saying has changed, and it's an all it's an all weeded mash bill now. I think um, so. I'll be interested to try a new version of that that isn't mine. Anyway, onward and upward, shall we? Um, Kilholman Impex Cask Evolution. Uh, again, Kilholman, as I was kind of saying, it's really kind of caught my attention because they've been doing a lot of great new things, and they've been doing a lot of finishing work. Not to hide their product. It's not so much like you tend, you tend to see with 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 bourbons as of late, where they're just trying to for the sake of trying to. I think, uh, in my humble opinion, I don't think that bourbons quite got it right yet. They're trying. You have your starlights out there. You have your um, driftless glens out there. You do have some that are trying. <clears throat> Excuse me, but. In my experience thus far with, say, the Starlights and some of the others, is that it's not so much that it feels like the whiskey's still young and they're trying to hide their imperfections by turning things out quicker, by aging, by giving them a little bit more of time in a different barrel. Um, but I do also feel that they're not far from, and not just Starlight, it's a lot of them. That's just the first one that comes to mind. Um, you're going to start seeing that improve once some of these newer distilleries, that's just a way for them to kind of get stuff out to kind of hide the imperfections of the younger whiskeys that they're putting out, which is fine. It works for a bunch. Um, but it, it doesn't quite hit the mark for me just yet. Um, that's not to say that I haven't had, and again, I just starlight just comes to mind. I'm not using, I'm not trying to single them out by any means. Cause they do make some great whiskey. Um, I've, I've had a few samples of some stuff that's been dynamite, but I, you just, you start to see it more and more in the bourbon world where they're trying to do sherry finishes and you're going to have some PX finish this. And, um, you know, you're not a true bourbon at that point, but you're starting to see more distilleries play with it. Um, you see it like with maker's mark where they're adding staves to kind of alter the whiskey to give it a more, uh, matured profile get by you know aging it in different finished woods to alter the whiskey so it's they're they're trying to do that in in makers case it's not too much not so much to mask an imperfection as it is to expand the uh the flavor profile the different flavor profiles you can get you have almost a thousand some odd choices with makers so they're kind of starting to play catch up in something that the scotch world has kind of mastered uh in my opinion again um Kilholman's done a really good job with it you've i've 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 tasted it with Arbeg. Lafroig does it all i mean they all do it 
They all do it. The first one that comes to mind, Mac Allen has been really heavy into sherry finishes for a long, 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 long time for, for decades. Um, Glenn Barclays, they've been, that's kind of their thing. Um, they're a sherried whiskey. So that this, the single malt world in Scotland, they've been doing it for a really long time. And you're starting to see America, the bourbon community start, or the bourbon world start to um, follow that path. Because uh, it's more product. Let's just face it. You've got your, um, just just for example, you've got say like a, um, I can't even throw an example together. Uh, let's just say for example, let's just hypothetically speaking, Maker's Mark because they've got four, five core range core range products. Let's say, um, you know, they have this the standard, the cask strength, uh, they have the private select, they have the forty six. So they're starting to dabble in the private select is interesting because you, again, you have all of those different stave elements to create all these different versions and, but they have five core whiskeys, five or six core whiskeys, basically. Um, I'm being stupid. Like our, like with Ardbeg or just like I said, with, with Lafroig, spit it out, man. Let's, let's stick with something I have in front of me. So Lafroig, you have a core range, you have triple wood quarter cask select lore, and 10 year old then you start getting into the cardeus where they do finished you have some more aged products that are more specialized say like a 16 or something but you start to see every almost twice a year where they're putting out lefroy 10 cast strength and it's batch 11 batch 12 batch 13 and those batches come out twice a year and they're different variations on what they're aging it in or it may be the same thing but they'll also have they also had a px cherry so the the point being with bourbon i and i was going to bourbon i don't know why i went back to lefroy but i was trying to do a bourbon example and i just it just completely fell off the rails i'm already at the end of this other episode i'm babbling tonight Oh, sorry. I, uh, in the process of making these, I basically rename and save, not save over, but save a new episode, but keep it kind of the last episode and then just delete what I recorded over and what I said and then start over. And then if I get on, if I just get on a subject and I start yammering on like I am tonight, <laughs> I forget that in 18 minutes that the, the closing song is coming up and it was playing in the background as I was trying to finish a train wreck of a thought. Um, so sorry for that. The whole point is bourbon is starting to do more of that while as scotch has been doing it for a long time. And I really like the way scotch does it. So there 15 minutes. And I could have just said it like that. So this has been sitting out for for a few minutes while I've been rambling, and I'll tell you, it smells amazing. Uh, it has a very, it has that very distinctive Pedro Jimenez sherry nose. Um, it it mentions fresh cask on the back of the label. What that means exactly, I'm not sure, but I don't want to get into too much more because I've already been rambling like a friggin' buffoon. But Hey man, that is podcasting sometimes, uh, where you just get going and it's just crazy. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, right off the boxes, this is a single cask bottling matured at first in a bourbon barrel, ex-bourbon barrel, um, before being finished in a fresh Pedro Jimenez sherry cask for six months. And I'm sure they... Um, I'm sure they reuse that barrel for a second fill because why not? Um, but it smells delightful. Killholm has been like, I've been trying to say over and over now has been doing a really good job of finishing. Uh, they've been playing with rum finishes. They've been playing with, <coughs> um, Sherry port. Uh, they do they do play with finishing and they do a very good job. They've been working really hard for the last 20 years to really kind of get it down. And it's still funny to me that it's been 20 years now for them. I remember when they first came out. Um, and uh, I'm very pleased with where they've been going. So it's 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 good to have more whiskey coming out of Isla. It's good for the island. It's good for the people. It's good for all of that. And hopefully COVID will release its chokehold on shipping and things will get better. Cause I mean, they've been short on glass too over there. So it's been hard. Oh, but yes, it's got a definitive sherry nose, a little bit of peat smoke, a hint of sea salty brine, just that delightful peat Island nose. It's just, it's, uh, I do love single malt. My first love has been single malt. Bourbons, they got a ways to go. Sorry. On the palate, oh, it's a very well-balanced sherry, cherry, sweet, with just the right amount of of peat smoke, iodine, light, light iodine, that salty seaweed that's just, that ocean spray, a bit of chocolate, dark chocolate toffee, with a, with a little bit of, it's kind of like a dark chocolate, a, that that slight dark chocolate bitterness that comes at the end of a bite is kind of pulling off the finish. And it, it is a nice warm finish. It's not overly hot for 58, was it 58.6? Sorry, 56.8, dyslexia. Um, for 56.8, it's not overly hot. It comes in just right. It hits just right. Um and it's deceptively smooth. You don't really taste the youth. It's it's a little it's a little bit there, but you don't really taste the youth. It's very well balanced, very well very well done. Um I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um man, I'm going to give it an 89. I really do like it a lot. It's not perfection. It's not going to be a high 90s, but it is good. This is very very good. Um I like it. I like it a lot. A few things blow my shoes off to get over that 90. So, um, but yeah, the color is honey brown, which I agree with. Rich peat smoke with citrus, cooked fruit, and cinnamon sweetness. So a little bit of cinnamon in there. 
Sultan, Sultan, Sultanas, Sultan, Sultanas, and I don't know what Sultanas is. And dates, hints of vanilla and luscious peaks, peat smoke. Yes, yes, yes. And then it finishes with, uh, just sherry goodness. And uh, I'll tell you, I agree with all of that. Um, oh, it's a grape. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, it's a grape. Um, so grapes. Why can't you just say grapes? Grapes and dates. Instead of making me choke on sultan and sultaness. Sultan ass. Sultan ass. Um, God. Ugh. Grapes. Grapes. It is grapey. It's good. Not German ice wine in a barrel craft spirit grape. Concord grape that I've had the other day, but it is good. Oh, so all right, good. We like the we like the scotch. I want to go. I want to talk about something else here for a second. Hmm. Oh, there's the grapes. I didn't really get the grapes at first, but I got the grapes now. Ah, oh, that's good. Oh my god, that's good. I've had some Pedro Jimenez miss. And I've had some Pedro Jimenez hit. That hits. That hits out of the park. Um, that's really... You know what? I'm bumping that up a point because the second sip's even better. It's a 90. Um, it really is good. It's getting into rarefied air. And those those Comreichs, Comreichs, however you want to pronounce that, those are really good too. So whenever I get down to reviewing those, um, I can already tell you the batch three is an easy upper... You know, it's over that... 90 mark and so I'm sure the second one I have is going to be as well they do something special with those anyway very very good so yes so the barrel craft spirit so I was had lunch with Steve Malloy and and, um, and Jeff at at barrel craft spirits because we've been working on a stellum Jeff Peterson and working on a stellum pick with them uh, that should be coming soon and uh, we also did a went in with the Fox Valley Whiskey Society and Malloy's on a barrel pick, which is a Sauterne finish. We oui, Sauterne, and it was uh, that was a that was a huge hit. It was an expensive bottle. I think I talked about it, uh, about 110 bucks. Um, the Stellum comes in at a more reasonable 58, um, but it was really good. And so we sat down at lunch, and and he brought with him. Um, the seagrass gray label, which is like a 16 year seagrass. And he also brought the barrel gold, which was uh, coming out soon, which is a ridiculous bottle, like 500 bucks. Ridiculous. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, the joys of single malt of scotch is belching. The seagrass 16 year old, was nosed amazing and it tasted really good it was a 250 dollars bottle it had a cork that you could throw and kill somebody with which i like heavy corks um i don't know i just think it's classy especially when you move up tiers uh bardstyle bourbon company does it when you go from like the fusion to discovery the cork gets heavier um and luxro on their double barrel that cork is super heavy. Um, it's like all metal. It's awesome. But anyway, so that, I don't know. It's just something silly. So really like the seagrass. Is it 250 good? Steve was convinced. 
I don't know if it was just like, hey, here's 250 bucks. Why don't you go buy a, that seagrass? Okay. <laughs> but am I going to save up for it? I don't know. I don't know. The $500 gold? Ugh. Only if you're burned, it's burned. You got 500 bucks burning a hole in your pocket, boy. It was deceptively smooth. It really nosed well, too, but it didn't. It was just really smooth. I mean, it was a really good bourbon. Um, I just don't know that I could pay that much for it. But um, that's not to say that it wasn't good, bad. It was very good. They both are really good. But it was a cool and unique opportunity. And um, I was very pleased to have been able to give him that opportunity. So thank you to Steve and to Jeff for that opportunity. That was really awesome. Um, that part of this journey has been fun. And I've said this ad, na ad nauseum, just building those relationships, meeting the Naravs, the Steves, the Jeffs, the Jessica Deans of the world, um, and getting to know them personally and, um, and the Brian Rainey's just to kind of, you know, just distributors and people in the biz to be able to try things and, and, and taste new things. And it's been really rewarding. Um, and it's, I really am grateful for it. So with that, cheers. Um, and yeah, man, it's, um, it's good to get another episode in, uh, get back into the groove. Uh, again, I'm sorry. Ooh, this one's running in a half an hour, so I'm rambling, man. And I, ten minutes of that is me going nowhere with trying to, to explain finishing, um, and why bourbon is trying to catch up with that. But it is what it is. Uh, you know me, first takes typically, um, and these are never rehearsed. So, eh, what are you gonna do? Apparently, I wanted to talk tonight. So, with that, I bid you adieu. Um, thank you as always for tuning in, and uh, man, I hope that. Uh, I can figure out what I want to drink next week because tonight was hard. I was looking at all kinds of stuff, and uh, I'm going to have to get a little bit of a game plan together. But good things coming, um, including hopefully some cool episodes down the road. Uh, and, yeah, man, um, thank you, as always, like I said, for listening. And go out and enjoy whiskey. One gram at a time.